Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome back on the block. Me and Austin Orman joining you here, but we're not alone, Austin. We're not by ourselves on this one. This is a segment where I was privileged and glad to get a former teammate, number one overall pick back in 95, to the Golden State. Now, see, back then, you know, they were coming off run TMC, and, and you know, so Joe was kind of the early beginning stages of uh, – you know, a crew out there of young bucks, you know, kind of getting it, getting it started. Latrell Sprewell types and young bucks. I thought the bucks were later. Well, we young did. Warriors. We, young warriors, <laughs> young warriors. Um, yeah, you know, Chris Weber and, and, you know, just that, that whole crew, everybody was just balling out, getting after each other. And Joe Smith was a part of that crew. Joe Smith, AKA Joe beast. What's going on, my guy? <laughs> What's going on? East Rick? What's going on? Austin. How you guys doing? Doing wonderful, yeah, doing great, wonderful, man. doing wonderful, my friend. Ab, thank you that um, you was able to join us today, man. Thanks for tapping in. We got a lot to get to, man. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, Derek Pearson, um, he just showed me a picture of you and Walt Weezy, Walt Williams, um, uh-huh. on your draft night. Uh, he hosted an event for you guys before you uh, took the stage as the number one guy with the with the wonderful uh, lace suit on. You know, you was dressed to impress <laughs> back in the day. Um, so tell us, man, just real quick, just start it off, man. Um, what was it like? You know, like what was the whole process when you're you're leading up to that? You're going to uh work out, you go to combine, you're working out for all kinds of teams, they're asking you crazy questions. And then, right. like, when did you kind of know? You know, what what was that process and what was the feeling and the emotions of just walking up there being the number one overall pick? I mean, the process, the process was crazy. I mean, I visited, uh, the top three teams, uh, the Warriors, Sixers, and, um, I can't remember who had the third pick, mm-hmm. but I visited the top three teams. And, you know, like you said, they put you through workouts. They put you through an interview process. Uh, but the workouts were, were ridiculous because it was like what the best workouts I ever had in my life mm. you know, for all three teams. And, um, I really didn't know that I was, I still didn't know that I was going to be picked first because our draft class was so deep. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, myself, uh, Rashid Wallace, Jerry Stackhouse, Kevin Garnett, mm. David Sardin, I mean, you know, mm. Antonio McDice, you know, so I really didn't know that I still didn't know, but, um, the workout that I had with the Golden State Warriors, man, was probably the best workout ever, man. I, I may have missed one or two shots the entire workout. And they put me through all types of shooting drills and, you know, uh, ball handling drills and post moves and all types of stuff, man. And uh, I think that kind of put me on it, put me over the edge a little bit. You know, that workout put me over the edge a little bit. And uh, sitting in this green room, draft night, uh, uh, nerves, you know, the nerves are on edge, Mm. you know, not knowing where I'm going to be picked. You know, I know I'm going to be picked at least top three, but still not knowing which pick, but. Uh, just hearing your name called as the number one pick, man, it was like a relief, uh, like one of the greatest feelings you you can ever have, man. And uh, walking across that stage, seeing uh, David Stern at the time on stage, you know, and shaking his hand, you know, it, it really made me feel like I I, I made it. I, you know, all the dreams, all the goals, and all everything that that you do 
and 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 have that uh, as a kid, you know, I really felt like I made it at that moment. No doubt, no doubt. We're not going to get into the controversy, um, you know, and and the details of that. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's very and people are very uh, knowledgeable and knowing that uh, there was a part of your career uh, that was it, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't it was mired. But, you know, right. it's deals that are done in the back rooms type of type of situation um, that that was tough. And it had to be tough for you because um, I'm, I think it cost you a little bit of, of cash over the course of 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 your and maybe it didn't i mean you still might have got it i i don't know but we, <laughs> we ain't gonna go into that but but you're a career guy that was knocking on the door of double doubles for the most for a great portion of your career uh, a lot of people you know at your size playing the power forward position i think that you were a little ahead of yourself jay uh good thing i worked on that a lot <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i mean it was it was it, it, it was a tough adjustment at first but once I got the hang of it, man, it was just like another day in the office. Big facts. Maryland, you kind of opened the door, started really a big run for Maryland basketball down there, uh, you know, especially after the success that you had in the ACC in, in its prominence and dominance of time. Right. You guys were one of the the, the big the big dogs that, that made that happen and you led that charge. Um, do you think you could have went a little bit further uh, do you think maybe you should have, you know, stayed and saw it through, or do you think it was just time for you to move on? Uh, I think it was time for me to move on. I mean, it was uh, – uh, I had two great years at the University of Maryland. Uh, I can't take nothing away from that. And um, our first year, you know, it was we, – we surprised a lot of people. You know, a lot of people didn't see us coming. And, uh, you know, we were able to, you know, make it to the Sweet 16 our freshman year and then – my sophomore year, you know, uh, we were on the radar at that point, so we had to come out a little differently and and approach games differently. So, I mean, it was it was a it was a great learning experience on how to approach the game. Uh, I learned a lot from Coach Williams. I learned a lot from the players on our team, and uh, I just felt it was time for me to go. I mean, if I if I would have stayed a couple more years, we may have gotten a championship, but uh, a championship or two. But I felt at that moment, at that time, it was time for me to move on and. I sat down with Coach Williams in his office before I made my decision, and uh, he pretty much told me the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, you know, so I really didn't. I, I felt bad about leaving, but I really, you know, uh, felt like I was moving on to a better, to a good place position. Well, let's let's quickly talk about this because there's been some changes and some adjustments. Um, I'll talk about. I wish I could play you the uh, the clip, um, you know, uh, but I, I'll verb, you know, kind of verbatim it. Um, but let's just talk about the playoffs real quick, man. Um, especially oh, yeah. with some of the changes, um, you know, the rules have definitely changed in the favor of a lot of, you know, uh, people, you know, you're seeing yeah. now that <laughs> back in our times, um, we maybe shot, if, if we shot eight, 10, three pointers in a game, just over that, that was a lot. We were, we were that like, damn, we were, we were shooting tonight. Um, <laughs> you know, now you've got guys by themselves shooting 10, 12, 14 individually threes. Individually, and that's not yeah. even collectively. So there's been some changes and adjustments to the game. Another thing has been, uh, you know, the foul situation. And I, I have to feel this debate a lot, uh, Joe Beast, man. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, you know, the Michael Jordan situation. And, and, and I keep telling people, I'm like, man, you, you know, y'all crazy, you know, MJ would have 
minimum ad- average 45 in today's game just because of just how dominant you got to play against him. You've got to see him. But now there's two players injured. I want you to address the first question and then we'll talk about like Giannis ends up going out the first half through injury. Um, and as well as John Morant, you know, two major top contributors are now right. find themselves at a deficit down 0-1. But we'll talk about that quickly next. And I, if I need to address the question, I will. But tell us just kind of the difference of the game now compared to to then. I mean, obviously, they 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 wanted more scoring, you know, uh, throughout the years. You know, from when we played, it was all about defense and uh, locking down and 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 like you said, not shooting as many threes, but trying to get a good quality look at the baskets, you know, whether it's mid-range or, or layups or dunks, dunks first. But now the game is spread out a lot more. Um, uh, from one through five, it's almost a positionless game right now. <clears throat> a lot of teams, you know, uh, play small ball. Uh, when you play small ball back in the days, you know, that was uh, – we're finding ways to crush it on the inside. But now it's like teams play small ball and everybody – you know, just spread the floor, and and and, and there's a lot of uh, uh, driving kicks. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like you know a lot of guys have layups, you know, mid-range jump shots, but they're looking for the three more often now. And like you say, individuals are putting up 12, 13, 14, 15 three-pointers a game, and you know that's 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 because uh, obviously because of what Steph Curry brought to the game. Uh, mm-hmm. and how many championships that uh, uh, they were winning and how effective the Golden State Warriors have been. But also because, you know, you, you're having more shooters in the game. Uh, a lot of people are working on that three-point shot. A lot of guys are, you know, trying to take advantage of that three-point shot. And, and, and with, unfortunately, with the analytics, right, <laughs> I right. speak on it, but right. with the analytics, you know, they want and, and expect you to take more three-point shots nowadays than what it was back in our time. Yeah, so George Gervin says this, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you got to love Iceman, because, but he's got a point. And I want to throw this out to the Sider Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Just your thoughts on this question I'm about to drop right now. George Gervin, mm-hmm. I, I've got a quote from George Gervin on, on an interview that he did, and he basically said he was called up when Klay uh, Thompson broke his, his record, and I believe it was scoring for a quarter. And and uh, he broke that record and they called him and they said, hey, you know, Clay is just broken a record. He's like, what record? My record ain't broken. And he he says he says uh, what I did, I did with two points there back then there was no three point shot. So he was getting buckets like that with only twos. And then he said, well, I think you need to put an asterisk by that because, uh, you know, I did what I did with twos and no threes. So uh, my record still should be standing, basically, is what he said. <laughs> so so because I mean, that's I the crazy George. thing. I, Break that know, down. He speaks yeah. the truth and he speaks his mind. And, uh, I mean, he has a point there. Like you say, he has a great point, you know, uh, uh, with, the, with the way they're shooting threes and – I don't know how many threes uh, Clay might have hit. I think quarter, he hit nine. I think he hit eight or nine. Yeah. In that one quarter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's a big difference when you're hitting eight or nine threes in, a, in that one quarter compared to uh, having to get to the bucket or having to score mid-range or having to uh, score other ways besides shooting the three-pointer. That, 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 that changed a lot in the game. And uh, he has a great point with, with, with that comment, with that statement. And, 
I guess we can put it two ways. You know, you could go by, you know, go by today's game, and then you can go by yesterday's game if you want to look at it that way. But uh, he has a good point. Yeah. Let, now let's get into the playoffs um, a little bit. Um, you know, well, real, real quick, um, do you think there needs to be some adjustments maybe to some defensive stuff? Um, it seems as though both him and uh, Giannis and uh, John Morant uh, mm-hmm. similarly, similar to how they changed the rule. You remember when um, uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and uh, you know, uh, Zaza Pachulia used to kind of go up and then they changed the rule a little, a little bit. Right, about right. you know being able to go under people with their you know mm-hmm. so they kind of find ways to make those adjustments now these were blocking calls kind of guys were starting to get elevated and and then guys slide up under them uh do you think there maybe needs to be an adjustment to a rule rule in that types those types of situations being that now people are getting more hurt um i don't know how yeah what type of adjustment they can make with that one right uh that's a tough that's one, a tough but, one i yeah. mean uh it's it's I think it also comes to how the guys are taking the charges too, mm-hmm. because you know Eastrick, you, you both of us though we took a lot of charges in our day. Facts, and we we let nobody come down the way they letting guys come down. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So I think it's also the way they're taking the charge. I mean, I'm watching these guys and their bodies as they're taking the charges. They're almost falling before the contact mm-hmm. is getting there. And you and I, you know, we took it to the chest first, fell, and that allowed the offensive player to have a cushion when he fell as right, well. So, right, Fast. you know, it's it's, it's 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 a tough call to make. But Jaws, Jaws, ja, he just jumped so high, man. That it's it's it's, it's ridiculous that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of tough to to make that call. He just jumped so high and explode so high. That you know his land and his, his land is going to be uh, a tough fall if you're taking the charge the wrong way. And, um, uh, uh, with with Giannis, the same situation. I mean, uh, I, was was his on the charge? Yeah, mm-hmm. both of them were blockings. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Giannis, the same situation. I mean, he. Uh, I think the way I, I looked at. Um, I looked at Morant, and I think his wrist bent underneath mm-hmm. on his landing, mm-hmm. and I think that what that that was what what was the issue with his. Um, I didn't see uh, Giannis's full. Yeah, he kind of fell on his back. His. Yeah, on his. Oh yeah, the back part. Yeah, I did see that. He went up. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I, like you said, it's the way. Like I said, it's the way guys are taking the charge. We took it in the chest. And that allowed the offensive player, you know, some type of cushion to to, to land and fall. But uh, they're falling before the offensive player gets there, so they're 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 not able to kind of embrace the offensive player as well. Got you. A couple things that I've seen thrown out there for ways to to go about it, because eliminating the charge, I think, would open things up a little bit too much. Too um, so, much, exactly. Yeah. You can't do that. You have to find some way to keep it in there. But a couple suggestions I've seen. Uh, are uh, expand the restricted area, bump that arc out a little bit. So you still have to be a little bit further away. Um, the other one is don't let guys slide underneath when someone's already in the air. You know, if you're in position before he takes off after he's gathered, that's fine. Correct. But sliding underneath, that's where a lot of the danger comes in. That's what Love did to Giannis. He took off, he was in the air. Love slides in underneath. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think I mean, that would help at all? It's possible. The 
sliding underneath. I thought they approached that years ago and supposedly corrected that years ago with uh with the charges. I thought they did that years ago, so maybe they need to go back to that. Right. Yeah. Um, looking at the, uh, looking at the games and the series at this point, um, being that they lost John Morant, I know they're a team that actually has a pretty good record without John Morant. Uh, but could this be a little bit too much for the Lakers? Uh, I mean, being for the Grizzlies to be able to overcome or do they, you, you, you know, you still think they got a pretty fair shot because they got a great home record. I still think they have a shot, but the way I watched the Lakers play, uh, play the other day. You know, with every the contributions that they got all the way around, if they if they continue to do that, it'll be tough for for the Grizzlies. Um, you know, they 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 got uh, Reeves balling. Uh, you know, LeBron and AD obviously going to do that thing, but the contributions that they get from the other players uh, uh, was was what got what what got them over the hump, even uh, the other day. And if that continues, then uh, Memphis might be in trouble. But uh, how long is Moran out? I'm not sure. Yeah, they 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 haven't said at this po- at this point, but um, it, it, you know when you're when you're dealing with that wrist situation, it's always a difficult situation. Right, um, and there was a hand that he already yeah. had injured. Yeah. Um, listen, Jimmy Butler doing what Jimmy Butler does type of Ooh. things. Uh, <laughs> so, um, is it sustainable? For Jimmy, because we've seen him have these types of games, and then we've kind of have seen him do some drop offs. Now with Tyler Hero uh, with a broken hand, uh, right? You know, that's going to be a lot of pressure that's put on Jimmy. Uh, can the Bucks bounce back? We still don't know what's up with Giannis. Uh, do they have enough on their team with Drew Holiday as well as Middleton to get it done? I think they have enough to get it done, but I mean, I, I don't think that's the last of Jimmy Butler, though. Yeah. Um, but I think the I think the Bucks have enough to get it done. Um, uh, the next game at home, I think they should be able to come out with the victory that game. But they still going to have to find a way to slow Jimmy down, and uh, he's going to stay aggressive. Uh, I don't see him taking uh, losing his aggressiveness throughout this series, uh, especially if he can continue to get to the basket the way he was getting to the basket the other night. Um, they're going to have to find a way to keep him out of the lane and. Uh, uh, but offensively, I think they have enough to uh, uh, to come up with a to, to come up with the, uh, the victory in that game. Two more. Uh, I want to jump to Saturday. Um, uh-huh. Look, it it, it seems like home court advantage in some of these instances it, it don't really matter. I mean, obviously it's only one game. Uh, it doesn't seem like home court advantage used to be. <laughs> it's not the same as like it used it. to be back in our time, right? Um, right. But but the one did did the Cavalier Nick game surprise you? Because everybody all year has been doubting Brunson, and Brunson just continues to show up and show out and show that he was a mistake oh that the Dallas Mavericks let get away. Oh my God! Uh, I mean the the, uh, the outcome of the game really didn't surprise me. I thought that game uh, that series uh, is going to you know go back and forth. So I felt you know you know. It, each team is going to win on the other team's home court at one point. But you can really see the effect that Brunson had on the game because the first half, you know, the foul trouble kept him out of the game. And, you know, he really couldn't, you know, get into a rhythm. But second half, once he got into a rhythm and got into a flow, you can really see the way uh, uh, the Knicks was able to really start putting things together out there on the floor. And you can see how much he was missed in the first half. Uh, that kid. 
is really balling out for the Knicks. He got really got them in a position that they're in. Although Randall has had a great year, yeah. But he's really been the been the been the key, you know, driving that car. And uh, uh, they're going to go as far as he he, he leads them. And I, like I say, I know Randall is still having a great year, but Brunson is the guy that's going to is going to is going to lead the Knicks. Uh, uh, throughout these playoffs for sure let's quick talk about uh this series this is an intriguing series for me because i i I think they're unsung and they're where they're supposed to be for a reason and let's talk about the kentucky two-step um wasn't even a starter (laughs) wasn't even a starter but you know we knew uh, all year if you didn't get to see him uh that's just because he's out in the west coast he's in a small market and you just didn't really get to see him a lot but darian fox is everything that he's supposed to be a great pickup for them was Malik Monk that created the tandem of the Kentucky two-step and both of them go for 30 and, 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 you know, handle business against golden state. Even when golden state was making runs, jumping back at them, getting back into the game, they held on, got it done, but can they finish it off? As far as the finals, this this series, this series, this series, this is a tough series. This is a tough series. This is, yeah, it's going to be a tough series. I, I got I got this one going seven as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my sleeper team. Yeah, uh, Sacramento. And uh, when you finish top two, top three in the West, I, I don't understand how you're a sleeper team. But I mean, they they've done it all year long. They feisty. They they play hard. They compete every night. And that's that's one reason I think this series is going to go seven. I mean, of course, you know, you have the leadership and veteran. Uh, uh, and the veterans on the Golden State Warriors that's been through this before, but these young boys they ready they they come out ready to play. Mike Brown has got them ready to play. Uh, the game plan has been sharp, and uh, like you said, there's no quit, no quit. Whether yeah. you make a run at them uh, and go up, or whether they you know they they they, they uh, continue to try to fight to stay in the game. I mean they 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 have no quit in their blood. So I can see them. Um, I don't. Uh, seeing them winning the tough series one. is tough because, That's like tough. I say, the Warriors are the Warriors. But yeah, I can see them. I can see them pushing the Warriors uh, to seven deep. Uh, got two more for you, and and let's just yeah. start with this one before I get to the last one. Um, the Nuggets against the Timberwolves. Um, Anthony Edwards has been struggling a little bit, as we saw in the playing right. games, uh, continuing on. But what's scary about the Nuggets in this particular game? that Jamal Murray is seeming to, you know, he's been consistent, but he's seemingly caught, you know, wind of something. Uh, nine for 22, four for 10 from three, uh, back to how he was playing in the bubble with a struggling Jokic uh, in the night who normally kind of leads the team in assists. Uh, Jamal took over that, but the depth and the scoring from everybody, from Porter, Gordon, uh, Caldwell, um, uh, Pope, and um, and as well as uh, 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 Brown, all of them right. in, in double figures. So that's scary. If they can continue to play like that with that type of balance, that can make them dangerous in this, uh, in this, in, you know, for them to make a run. I mean, that's super scary. I mean, they were already scary uh, before, you know, they, uh, before, you know, those guys start contributing like that. But, you know, when I watched that game last night, man, it was, it, like you say, it was, they were firing on all cylinders. And uh, Jokic got into foul trouble, so you know you didn't play much in the second half. But uh, Jamal Murray got his got his shot going, and you say nine for twenty-two. I think he started the game maybe one or two for eight, or one or two for nine, or something like that. So once he got it going, he he really uh, uh, kept his foot on the pedal, and 
uh, it came from everybody. It mm. came from everybody, and if they get that type of contribution, and you know they're going to be a tough team to beat. I don't see anybody in the West beating them, but uh, they're going to have to continue to be consistent with that and do that every night, though. Absolutely. And the last game is this is a series that most people are interested in and want to watch. That's the L.A. Clippers against the Phoenix Suns. L.A. Clippers go in there and handle business. The matchup between Kawhi, yeah, between Kawhi Leonard and Durant is always going to be one to watch. And uh, Leonard gets the best of him that night, going nuts. 38 points, uh, just a well-rounded game. Uh, Westbrook dropping dimes, struggling three for 19. He can't continue to play that way. Otherwise, they're going to be in trouble, uh, I think, right. for the long haul, especially without having, you know, their ace in the hole uh, there um, as right. well in this series. So, uh, But with Leonard playing this way, going in and stealing that one from Phoenix, that's a big win for the Clippers. That was a big win. Like, like I said, it surprised me. I didn't think they was going to uh, be able to go, especially game one, I didn't think they was going to be able to go in there and, and still game one. Yeah, without uh, George. Uh Russ he was no yeah, no Paul George. Uh Westbrook shooting the way he shot. But he did contribute in other ways. And that's yeah. what I love about yeah. you know, that's what I love about his game. I mean, even if when he's not shooting the ball well, he's gonna do other things that's gonna uh, you know, help his team be successful. Um Veteran quiet, Eric Gordon. Always, you know, Veteran quiet, Eric Gordon. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Quiet Assassin, I call him. You know, he's yeah. just so quiet out there. Know, just gets the job done on a consistent basis and you know i just love watching him play because he plays the game the right way he's not forcing anything and you know he just takes what the offense gives him and i love watching him play great stuff hey man listen i held you because we're we're on the stream today and not necessarily on the radio so we didn't have to pause for any station identifications or breaks but uh, uh we we just gonna give away the stricken today i had i listen i had joe beast on the line i had to get all of that out of you today bro brother so i'm glad that you were able to stay around and talk some nba talking and, and a little bit about it. but real quick man uh we played together in uh before we go on this break we played together in milwaukee uh it mm-hmm. was a tremendous experience man got to know you real well uh, learned a lot about you that you're a music connoisseur you're you you know you write and get in the booth oh, yeah. and, and put music together um so oh, it, was, yeah. it was very good to have the opportunity to play for you uh, play with you man and as a brother and really enjoyed that time we shared together oh man back at you bro i, I really enjoyed our time i learned a lot from you bro probably one of the smartest guys i played with bro i appreciate the time i played with yeah. you man it's always love no doubt. And we hope to have you back, man, during the playoffs again if you would join us. We definitely would love to have you back, man. Great stuff. Oh, man, yeah, of course, of course. Just let me know and I'm, I'm here. That's our guy, man. Joe Beast, former number one draft pick, longtime career in the NBA, friend of mine, played at the Bucks with him. Uh, Joe, thanks for joining us once again on the block, and we'll hopefully see you soon. All right, no problem. He's straight. Have a good one. You and Austin, y'all be blessed, man. All right, there he goes. There, That's great stuff, Austin. Mm. Great stuff. Um, Mm. Tremendous, uh, just a tremendous person, man. Just a great person. He's like, he's like Kawhi. Just a silent assassin. Just went about his business. He would be boarding and rebounding and took the assignments, whatever was given it to him. It didn't matter. He always took it and didn't ask questions. And so I just love that about Joe Beast, uh, Joe Smith, uh, you know, great long-time career. But we've got to take a break. Uh, we're going to give away the stricken coming back off the break. We will. We're just going to do the tiebreaker question. So it'll be texter number three. I'll give Strick the tiebreak question. Texter number three that says over or under correctly. We'll That's get the we'll, we'll get back to you. But we've got to take a break. We'll be right back on the block, 93.7 The Ticket, ticketfm.com.